Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middle of the week with you Wednesday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. And, of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations for a little while all across the Magnolia State. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, plural. Michael Borky in Jackson, Brian Haydad in Starkville. I am in Houston, Texas. Yes, I did make it. And I made it uh, via airplane. Uh, a couple of delays, but not anything like much of the country was dealing with. Uh, so uh, thankfully, I ended up not spending nine hours in the car. I did, hey, Dad, hear you talking about yesterday whether it would be better to be on a plane or in an F-150 for uh, for nine hours. And while I appreciate the sentiment, I, I enjoyed the drive in the F-150 to the airport and then was happy not to have to spend another uh, eight and a half or so hours in the uh, in the car along the way. I'm I just, tr- just trying, A, to help our sponsors and, B, give relevant uh, topics. So I, uh, I I certainly understand that. Hey, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. And that's right here in ceasefire country. Check them out online at ceasefire.com slash business. Four bowl games today, one of them happening right now, and it is a blowout, or at least a blowout in the making in Annapolis, Maryland. The Military Bowl, Duke and UCF. We thought this might be a good one. Eh, not really. 23-7, to Duke leading it over UCF with about six and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Duke has been dominant. They've gotten a couple of calls that have gone their way. They forced a couple of turnovers. How about the job that Duke has done in year one under Mike Elko? They were 1-17 and in conference games in the ACC in the last two years, and they are on their way to a nine-win season if they are able to close it out today against UCF. It just goes oh, to go show you that Splash isn't always required when hiring coaches. Oh, you got to have a splash. In this cycle, you, you got to get somebody that's going to fire the fan base up. Did Duke do that? Maybe their fans were excited about him. I, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been mad, but I wouldn't have been super jazzed up for Mike Elko to come walk my sidelines. And look at 
look at this. UCF, it's middle of the third quarter, has 50 yards passing and 115 yards rushing. Something tells the, me you the have passing numbers. commentary that might come along with that. No, that no, I, no. The, the passing number is not that surprising, but the rushing numbers are low. Man, the transition to the Big 12, you know, UCF should have been in really good position to make this transition. It feels like now that's kind of losing steam a little bit. When they're going to switch over to the Big 12 after next season, things change, shift, you know, peaks and valleys with all teams in every conference, right? But despite losing Texas and Oklahoma, the Big 12 appears to be in pretty decent shape with what's being left behind. Kansas State's good. Baylor's good. TCU's in the playoff, which, by the way, a relatively portal-built team in the playoff. I read a really interesting article about that today. TCU is the first in the very short playoff era to make the playoff building the roster a little bit differently. Very interesting story in The Athletic. You guys should uh, check it out. But uh, it seems like the Big 12's in pretty good shape, and UCF is not possibly not going to enter at the right time. Borky, what you said about TCU always spawns a question. But maybe the answer to the question is irrelevant. Because the question that you get when you talk about a team that is built through the transfer portal is, well, is it sustainable? Who cares if it's sustainable if it results in a playoff appearance, if it results in a magical season? So what if you can't be exactly the same every single year? If you can build a roster that can navigate its way through a single season so that you get to that college football playoff, it opens doors for you in the future. It gives you more credibility in the portal going forward. It gives you more credibility with high school recruiting going forward. But again, I don't know if any of that matters. If you can parlay portaling well into an access bowl or a college football playoff, then I don't know if it matters if it is sustainable. Yeah. I've heard people draw the comparison between TCU and the L.A. Rams, and honestly, I think that's a bit of a apples-to-oranges comparison because in the NFL, the the draft is how you add players, right? And you are yeah. only limited to seven, and if you trade draft picks, then you obviously have fewer players. In college, you're not limited by how many guys that you can acquire in the offseason. So the Rams mortgage their future to win a Super Bowl, and sure enough, it worked, and I'm sure that they wouldn't change a thing. But their future for the next few years is going to be a little bit difficult because they don't have uh, the draft picks. There's no right. draft picks in college. You can mortgage your yeah. future, quote-unquote, on the portal, and then in two and years have a completely retooled and rebuilt roster because nothing can restrict you from signing players. And don't forget, in the NFL, the best players go to the worst teams. Yeah. In college, the best players go to the best teams. So you got you got to use the portal as a way to balance that out. And and if you're a Rams fan, you're like, well, this season has been a little bit of a bummer, right? I mean, you you look, you're five and ten, you're eliminated from playoff contention, and you're like, well, that's that's a little bit of a bummer. But you know what? What do we hear all the time about in the NFL? We hear about windows, right? You know, you, uh, I mean, how many times has that phrase been used? to describe the New Orleans Saints. Their window yeah. is right now. Okay, you've got guys under contract, but you haven't had to redo the uh, the big crippling contracts. You traded away draft picks so that you can make a run right now. The Rams aren't dead forever, 
but they may have to go through a couple of seasons of frustration and pain to pay off the Super Bowl win. And so, you know what? It probably makes sense when it's all said and done. It was worth it uh, what you had to give up to get Matt Stafford. It was worth what you did to get Aaron Donald in his prime. You know, it was worth bringing in, uh, what was it, Andrew Whitworth, who came in and kind of gave you one last hoorah on the offensive line. They did all of the things that they had to do. They put the, put the pieces together. And then they, they cashed in on it in the long run. So, and it wasn't just one. They did go to another one, a game in which they lost fraudulently oh yeah, thanks to the NFL. But they, they went to two Super Bowls in in that window. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's a comparison. We make comparisons that aren't exactly apples to oranges all the time, but that one doesn't exactly apply to college football because of the structural differences in the sport. So, anyway, interesting stuff there with, with TCU being – it, not totally portal built. Nobody is. Even Ole Miss is not portal built. I mean, it's uh, what thirty three percent of their their team. Uh, so it, it's not like it's it, you know all eighty five players are via transfer portal. I think that that kind of gets misconstrued. But TCU's a, a bit portal built, and it worked for them. I I always kind of laugh when we talk about Ole Miss and the portal now. And I think the most successful what what made Ole Miss successful in the 2022 season was a three-star running back that nobody else properly evaluated. Yeah, and I mean, it's just the most <laughs> typical, you know, old-school thing ever. They found a diamond in the rough, and he turned out to be the best, maybe the best running back in college football. And that's why Ole Miss won the, a lot of the games they won. It wasn't the portal. It wasn't anything newfangled. It was Lane Kiffin got off his butt and went out and recruited this kid and stole him from under Alabama on Auburn's nose. And the freshman All-American and the SEC Freshman of the Year, Quinshawn Judkins, tonight in a bowl game, along with Zach Evans and the rest of the Ole Miss offense, will face the number 89 rush defense in the entire country. A rushing defense that is giving up 167 yards per game on the ground average. That's over the course of 13 seasons. We'll see if those running backs are able to eat tonight. That is uh, the nightcap in terms of the four games. Texas Tech and Ole Miss. Mentioned UCF and Duke happening right now. The middle two, Kansas-Arkansas. That one gets started at the Liberty Bowl at 430. Looks like the weather's going to be pretty good. The expectation is over 30,000 Kansas fans at that game. Arkansas, not so much. I, I, I was told earlier today that Arkansas sold somewhere between four and 5,000 tickets for that game through their ticket office, a pair of six and six teams. Tonight in San Diego in the Holiday Bowl, you've got Oregon and North Carolina. Oregon coming in at nine and three. North Carolina coming in at nine and four. Oregon is a 13 point favorite in that ball game. A- am I crazy or is that too many points? For Oregon and North Carolina. North Carolina does still have Drake May. He did not enter the transfer portal. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. One of the worst defenses in the Power Five, though. It is true. So, I'm I'm excited to see the uh, Kansas fan to Porter John ratio at the Liberty Bowl today. Yeah, no functioning bathrooms there. They have just a, an army of of those outside of the Liberty Bowl. Oy, oy. Tough, uh, tough scene. You know who the defense coordinator, Literally, coordinator really. is at North Carolina, right? You guys are all aware of that's uh, Gene defense Chizik, coordinator, Gene Chizik, right? Gene Chizik, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. We uh, just just programming note: you've got Ole Miss basketball coming up at four o'clock. The pregame show for that will begin at three thirty. That's at the end of the next segment of uh, of this show. 
So you've uh, you got that coming up. You got Mississippi State basketball tonight, top twenty five matchup at Humphrey Coliseum that is sold out for the SEC opener for the Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide. Let's talk about Ole Miss and Texas Tech when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and the Pearl River Resort Studios. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Nobody loves to throw shade like Michael Borky, and so he uh, he brought to my attention a message on the C Spire text line. You can hit us up at uh, 601-879-4395. I say that number so many times, and then like once out of every thousand, it just randomly, I, I can't come up with the number. 601 you know what they call that? 879-4395. Uh, brain fart? Human error. It's why uh, that umpire those years ago just uh, randomly called on a perfect game a guy oh. safe when he was a step short. No ill intention, no will, ill will, perfectly fine, successful umpire, and his brain just shorted out in that moment, and he ruined the guy's perfect game. And so this message on the ceasefire text line, Richard Cross, spoken words are your stock and trade. You need to look up the pronunciation of homage. The H is silent. The emphasis is on the first sound, om. The only time somebody says homage is when they're making fun of the word homage or homage. If you would like, you may go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and see that there are multiple pronunciations of the word, but the English pronunciations are either homage or homage, not Homage. But thank you for the text. We appreciate you listening. And you too can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Ole Miss and Texas Tech are meeting for the seventh time, all time, tonight. Five after this game of the seven meetings will have happened in the postseason. The first was in 1986. In the uh, in the Independence Bowl, I was not at that game. I have been at the five subsequent games. Um, uh, another trip, I think it was 1998 to the uh, to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, and then you had the back to back games in 02 and 03 in the regular season. You had the Cotton Bowl where Mike Leach was the head coach, and uh, Texas Tech came in highly ranked. Ole Miss. That was the one where like the ESPN FPI gave Ole Miss like a point eight percent chance of winning the game, uh, and then they did and and kind of dominated it in the uh, second half. And then uh, in Houston, in the uh, kickoff game a few years ago, I, I aired. I, I I did air. I just I was wrong. You don't even have to correct me on the the text line. This is the fourth postseason meeting. There have been three regular season meetings. Ole Miss leads the all time series four games to two. A uh, quick side note: I think I told this story to uh, Gerard earlier today. That uh, that 1998 game, no, 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 the 2002 game in Lubbock. I went. I drove. I did not fly that time. I drove for that meeting, and it was a far uh, a greater distance than driving to Houston, Texas, going all the way to uh, to uh, Lubbock. High school football game on the radio in Senatobia on Friday night. 
Borky left Senatobia at 10. Buddy of mine, Brad Mayo, was riding with me. We jumped in the car. We headed west, picked up another friend in Little Rock, and then made the entire drive. And at about, uh, oh, about 9 a.m., I get a call from David Kellum. He's like, hey, you're still coming to the uh, coming to the game? I was like, yes. He's like, you want a spot for me? And I was like, eh, not really, but sure, <laughs> happy to. And they were going through uh, renovations of the press box, and it was the tightest, hottest press box with plywood walls stuck in there. Ole Miss got the brakes beat off of them. I don't know if there's ever been a more difficult game to spot. That was when uh, Texas Tech was subbing receivers in like four on every single play. I didn't even know what I was doing and whatever. So, yeah, that was... uh, that was a sleep-deprived, ill-advised trip when it was uh, all said and done. But, uh, yeah, made it to uh, to Lubbock all those years ago. John and Madison wants to know if it's Houston or Houston. 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 Uh-huh. We welcome you to Houston, Texas. Last time I was in Houston, uh, Jeff Van Gundy caught me taking a picture of him, and he got mad. So You've told that story. You said he was a grumpy fella, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, shocking that Jeff Van Gundy's not a nice guy. But yeah, we were at a bar and there was there's nobody there. Like, I flew in, buddy picks me up from the airport, we go straight to a bar, Jeff Van Gundy's there, and I am, like, for those of you that are not watching, you're just going to have to try to hear my uh, description. So I am kind of pretending like I'm on my phone, but I have it in selfie mode, and I'm, I'm just kind of holding it over my shoulder to take a picture yeah, you know, that's Jeff Van Gundy sitting behind me. And he looks at me and, and stares when I took the picture. And I actually said it to you <laughs> because the show was going on. I took the day off. I sent it into the text line here. But um, as we were walking out, he said something like, um, if you would have asked, I still would have said no or something like that. It's like, all right, guy. And, and so, anyway, that was my. Well, Jeff I didn't Van ask. Gundy. I, know, I didn't ask. But like, you're Jeff Van Gundy. It, I'm in Houston. It's you know, get used to people taking quick selfies of you. But anyway, it's, it's like you want to turn around and be like, "May I explain to you the concept of inflated sense of self-importance?" Yeah, and that was him. I just wanted to text it to some buddies. Like, hey, there's at a bar in Houston. There's Jeff Van Gundy right there. Like, that's all it was. It wasn't like. Oh my God, Jeff Van Gundy! Please sign something for me. Oh my gosh, it was just like, hey, he's yeah. right there. You should have just been like, you should have just looked at him and said, "Well, I'm sorry, Stan." <laughs> that would have oh, been great. I wish I would have thought oh, of that. That would have been good. That would have been Stan's so much cooler than you. Uh, yeah. A couple of notes on uh, the Ole Miss Texas Tech matchup and uh, Ole Miss in the postseason. Rebels are making their third straight bowl appearance under Lane Kiffin. It was the Outback Bowl in year one. Last year, the Sugar Bowl. And this year, of course, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Almost 12-3 and three in its last 15 bowl games, going back to the very, very cold 1992 Liberty Bowl. Seventh meeting, as I mentioned, between Ole Miss and Texas Tech, with the Rebels leading the all-time series 4-2. to two. And it's the fourth time that the uh, the Rebels and the Red Raiders have met in a bowl game. Ole Miss winning all three of the previous bowl meetings. In terms of this Ole Miss team, we talked about them all throughout the course of the year and probably lost this somewhere along the way. Ole Miss had 82 plays this season of 20 yards or more. A lot of explosive plays. What I don't have in that breakdown is how many of those came in the running game. My guess would be half of them, well over half of them, came in the, uh, the run game, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. And by the way, that 82 plays of 20 yards or more is sixth nationally 
And you have Ole Miss, who was top 20 in total rushing yards, total rushing attempts, yards per rush, and rushing touchdowns. 31 rushing touchdowns on 3,139 yards rushing this season. That's what this team is. They are a ground game football team. And Texas Tech is, I mean, a great matchup for them. Remember, Ole Miss's offensive front got absolutely demolished the last time out, so I assume they have a bad taste in their mouth. But let's be honest, there there is nothing that Texas Tech can present Ole Miss tonight that Mississippi State could not uh, present better. Uh, so a very different matchup for Ole Miss tonight versus the last time we've seen them. I have a question for you guys. Zach Evans, in this game tonight, over or under 101 yards rushing? There's a very specific reason I asked that question. Gets him to 1,000. Sorry, no, I spoiled that. Gets him that. to 1,000. Um, I mean, I knew it, too. Uh, it just depends. I feel His like I'd say tail. under, but, but it won't be much under if it is. I mean, the thing with Zach, Zach Evans and something with Jukins, too, is always capable of busting a 60, 70, 80-yard run, and then, you know, you're just there. You know, the rest of the game yeah. is easy at that point. So maybe I should maybe you should take the over on that. Yeah, I do expect an even carry distribution. Evans has been hurt most of the season. And, and also, here's an X factor in this game that not enough people are talking about, I don't think, is Michael Trigg. Michael Trigg hadn't been available for old since the Georgia Tech or no the Vanderbilt game where he caught a long pass landed on his shoulder uh, so we really haven't seen the Ole Miss offense with a truly functional like tight end yeah. since then and he's back and, and healthy and is going to start tonight so although we haven't seen a, a large sample size with his ability uh, ask I mean friend of the program Cole Kublick mentioned that Michael Triggs presence made the Ole Miss offense go. Like he required so much attention because of his athleticism that it opened things up for everybody else. Losing him reduced that. So now that he yeah. is back, we get to see the old Miss offense at its full capability. And and what's that going to look like? I mean, is he going to be used on a full complement of plays? Does he get twenty snaps in the game tonight? I think that will be fascinating to see. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins led the SEC with 1,476 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns. Zach Evans was seventh in the SEC with 899 yards on the ground. And Ole Miss has a chance to, for the first time ever, have a pair of 1,000-yard rushers on the same team. Also, when you think about the fact that Ole Miss is so heavily based on the ground, maybe a little surprising that for the second time ever, Ole Miss had two receivers that both went over 800 yards. Jonathan Mingo and Malik Heath, both over 800 yards receiving this season for the Ole Miss offense. We lost, what, eight of our stations just now. Ole Miss-Tennessee pregame show has begun, but Sports Talk Mississippi rolls on with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly.
Nolan with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon, the 28th of December. Programming note, if you are with us still, uh, we will be with you tomorrow for the uh, full show from 3 until 6. And then Friday will be a best of Sports Talk Mississippi. And then when we come back on uh, Monday, we'll have what will amount to a post-game show for you as Mississippi State and Illinois will play in the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa, formerly the Outback Bowl. And uh, that game kicks off at 11 o'clock, so uh, that Mississippi State's game should be finishing up, and some of the Mississippi State stations will have part of their post-game show, and then we'll transition over to Sports Talk Mississippi. So we look forward to being with you on uh, on Thursday. It'll almost be like Hey Dad's post-game live that he he does on um, Spotify. Is that where you do it? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yes. It'll just be on the radio instead. I, I guess the game goes quick. We can get them both in. We'll see what happens. I, I guess we could we could take some calls if we wanted to on Monday following Oof. the game, depending depending on how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Do, do you think you could direct some of your uh, your regulars in your your post game reaction show to? Uh, to to the eh, I guess it would be the Farm Bureau guest line. Yeah, possibly. We'll see what happens. I don't know, Borky. Does that feel like a really bad idea or a really great so. idea? <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> he says terrible idea. Uh, although I've listened to that, and and uh, you and your friends do a really nice job of keeping it clean, keeping it at least PG. Sometimes just G. I wouldn't. They're not my friends. I don't know half the more. I don't know like ninety five percent of those people. I don't trust. I know a couple either. of them. Well, that's true. Well, well, you say hello, my friend, to like ninety percent of them. So I'm just a friendly guy. There you go. When you guys look at the matchup tonight with Ole Miss and Texas Tech, what do you think? I mean, like, what do you honestly think? It's a game. I, I think Texas. Play. I think Texas Tech's only way to win is in a is in a huge shootout. There's no way they're slowing down this Ole Miss offense. That they can't. They're not going to be able to stop Judkins and Evans. And and you mentioned Mingo and Heath. There'll be big plays available to them because at some point you just got to commit to trying to stop the run. I, I if if you tell me that Ole Miss you know scores thirty five points, they probably win. But there is a scenario where Ole Miss's defense is just not good. And they have to score 35 points to win. But I think they'll probably be in the 30s regardless. You know, when you look at the season, Ole Miss really didn't have... It was the... You had the LSU game. And you had Arkansas. And I do think that there's a theme in those two games. Where the defense gave up a bunch of points. They gave up 10 and a win to Troy. 3 and a win over UCA. Shut out Georgia Tech. 27 and a win over Tulsa, 19 and a win over Kentucky, 28 and a win over Vanderbilt. They gave up 34 and a win over Auburn, 45 to LSU. So that's one of the outliers. Circle that one. 28 in the win over Texas A&M, 30 in a loss to Alabama, 42 to Arkansas. Again, circle that one. And then 24 in a loss to Mississippi State. And and I think that the think theme that you see in those two losses that where they gave up more than 40? That one, they couldn't handle LSU, but they kind of mailed it in a little bit when, when that thing got out of control. And kind of the same thing against Arkansas, an uninspired performance 
on a cold night where it looked like Ole Miss did not want to be there. But even in some of those wins, the Auburn game, the Mississippi State game, the the Tulsa game, they had trouble getting stops. And a lot of the times it was turnovers, which you know are great if you can force turnovers. I mean, you think about Mississippi State. If if Dylan Johnson hits the pylon, it, State puts up thirty one in, in in that game. Uh, Tulsa had some turnovers. Vanderbilt, like you mentioned, got twenty eight. Auburn had turnovers, but yeah. Ole Miss couldn't stop them when they got rolling. That, that's what you worry about with Ole Miss is that they just struggle getting stops sometimes. And, and especially potent. I mean, thinking about the Egg Bowl, but in all these games, it was. The inability to get stops, I think, is directly related to pass rush. And now there's no Cedric Johnson. Yeah. So, and again, it's Texas Tech. It's You should be able to have better personnel than them. You saw a lot better personnel multiple times this season. But guys like Tavius Robinson and Jared Ivey on the edges are going to have to have big games. That's kind of... It, to me, I think the, the running backs, and with Jackson, don't, don't forget about his running ability. And by the end of the season, he played really well against Mississippi State. They lost, so nobody pays attention to that. But he was efficient despite the pocket collapsing basically every time he took a snap. Uh, and so I think Ole Miss offensively is going to get theirs. The difference in winning and losing or winning big or, or playing in a shootout is Ole Miss's pass rush. Can they get to the quarterback and be disruptive? Because if not... I mean, any Power 5 quarterback can pick you apart if you give them all day to do it. Yeah, I I was trying to think about the offenses that Ole Miss has seen, and this may sound on the surface like a bad comparison. Texas Tech throws the ball a lot, and they've done it with three different quarterbacks this year. Tyler Shug is back from injury. He started the last three games, which coincided with the three-game winning streak for Texas Tech to close out the regular season is the most similar offense. And the reason I hesitate to use this is because of how their season finished. They they looked so bad down the stretch. But at the beginning of the year, Tulsa was throwing it all over the ballpark. And when Ole Miss faced Tulsa, Davis Brin was still healthy at that point, and he led the country in yards and touchdown passes going into that game. I'm wondering if this is... Texas Tech offense is most similar to the Week 4 Tulsa offense that Ole Miss saw coming into that game, maybe more so than anybody else. Because you, you think about Vanderbilt, I mean, they didn't really have an identity in what they did. Auburn's identity was to run, and that's not really what Texas Tech does. LSU's identity in that game was running with Jaden Daniels. A&M had a ton of success when they ran it, and then they decided to throw the ball, and it was a disaster for them. Alabama's kind of a different animal, but Ole Miss did a nice job handling the running game against Alabama. Bryce Young made plays. Arkansas did whatever they wanted. Just whatever Arkansas wanted to do, they did. And then for Mississippi State, I mean, the Ole Miss defense was was not awful in that game. They were bad on the opening drive or the second drive of the game for Mississippi. I guess it was the opening drive. They were were bad on the last drive of the first half. And aside from that, the defense played pretty well against Mississippi State. Yeah. Texas Tech is, you know, they are an air raid kind of team. They they, they have a a lot of air raid in their offense, but they run the ball effectively. I mean, 152 yards rushing a game, 25 rushing touchdowns. They can move the football on the ground. And like I said, that's that's what worries you if, if you're the Ole Miss fan. You're like your your rush defense this year has not been great, yeah. Especially in the second half of the season. So 
if we, if we're if we go into the uh, the end of the first quarter and it's like fourteen to ten or fourteen to fourteen, buckle up because we're, we're going to be going at it all night. Can but if Ole Miss can get out to a yeah, if Ole Miss can get out to a, a lead and, and get some stops early, they have a great chance to to, to start building up that lead and, and getting the win. And, and one other thing, expecting something dramatically different in a bowl game just because you've had a month off from what you've had the entire season is generally speaking foolhardy. Ole Miss has not been a good second-half team all season long. And and so I think that underscores even more the fact that, one, Ole Miss needs to get off to a fast start, and, two, they need to build that lead in the first half as much as they can. It makes it reminds me of State in the uh, and when they played in the St. Petersburg Bowl, you know the Egg Bowl. They had blown Ole Miss out, and everybody put a big shine on everything. And they go to play Miami of Ohio, and they can't move the football, and they can't get stops. And I'm just like, oh yeah, this team was terrible all year. Why, why did I forget about that because of one game? And Ole Miss, Ole Miss was not good at the end of the season, but they were really good at times this season. And against teams like Texas Tech, they were really good this year. I think offense, Judkins and Evans are just going to be too much for Texas Tech. I'll just say it. I, I, I just don't see them being able to stop them. I think Ole Miss will be around 400 yards rushing again tonight. Yeah. Especially well, with Evans being healthy, too. I mean, you can really be yeah. – uh, don't worry, guys. I'm using it in the, the literal term. You can be really liberal with how you uh, balance your carries between the two backs. Uh, shout out Paul Gallo. But – um, you, you can you really don't have to give Ole Miss Jud- nothing but a bunch of communists. I know, right? You you don't have to give Judkins twenty five tonight to yeah. to have an effective running game. People forget how talented Zach Evans is because he was hurt most of the season. He's also an elite caliber uh, running back. Uh, it just hasn't been able to show it at times in twenty twenty two because of injury. You guys remind us all the time they don't just hand out those five-star rankings. What is it, 32 of them in the entire country? And coming out of high school, exactly. sometimes it was 32. Three, three games into the season, we were like, man, Evans is great and Judkins is a great complimentary piece. Yeah, and, you know, That narrative had to change when he got hurt, but the talent is there. All right, boys, my ride is leaving. i got to go jump in a van and head over to uh, the stadium. You are in good hands the rest of the way with Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, and uh, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. If you get bored, call me. I'll be in the stadium for plenty of time, but uh, I guess we might do that. Well, if you do, give me a buzz. Sports Talk Mississippi, more coming up with you after this time out of the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. down two scores in the fourth quarter, right? you got to start making yeah. some things happen. But with over Dude. five minutes to go in the fourth quarter in their own territory, 
again, they're down 10, but still, in their own territory with over five minutes to go in the game, UCF went for it on fourth and 18. You want to guess how that ended? Did they throw a pass? Well, they didn't get it. I know that. I was about to say, if they threw a pass, I know exactly how it ended. I mean, goodness, Gus. I, I get it. you got to make something happen. But fourth and 18, man. You, you've got to punt the ball That's, away in that situation. You have to. Yeah, you, you would think, but I don't know. I mean, fourth and eight, you, you, you could s- explain away. 18? Yeah. In your own territory, too. I mean, yeah. one thing if you're like on their 40-yard line or something, and you just had a sack, but ish. And now they might get a, uh, a late hit there as well. Yep, they're going to. What this... What, to save them or to add tack on to it? Oh, to, to tack on to it. So Duke's now driving. They've oh. got the ball on UCF's 22. Looks oh. like Duke's going to end up winning that one. There you go. Great coaching job there. It really uh, is. Yeah, Gus. Uh, you know, I'm he's about an 84 coach. Oh, Duke, yeah. Elko's done a fantastic job. Yeah, Gus Malzahn really no surprise that 9-5, and five, which is what it'll be, is surprising to not one person. I mean, that is that is what Gus Malzahn is. He had one great season. Don't get never take it away from him. When that first year at Auburn, but other than that, yeah. By God, he beat Alabama three times. He did beat Alabama, and he, again, nobody can take it away from him. So, interesting stuff. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. I uh, I got a text from a friend a second ago that is furious mm-hmm. that we got taken off the air because of the Ole Miss basketball game. This is a diehard We've lost. Ole Miss basketball. I mean, diehard Ole Miss sports fan. Watches every game. He's furious that he has to spend the rest. And now I'll explain to him how to get us otherwise. But, I mean, was hot that he was. He thought he was going to be forced to listen to Ole Miss basketball. That's how down bad the fan base is right now. We've lost all our affiliates. We lost Richard. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you think this is bad? Thunder and Lightning live tonight? Not, I don't think any affiliates will be carrying me. I'm sure you'll have to listen to Super Talk TV or SuperTalk.fm. So the, the, the because, state game starts at 8, right? Yeah. You'll have four. So I'll have four? You'll okay. have four, yeah. Uh, four or five. I think it's so, four. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. We'll just make sure to, to get those links out there so people yes, can listen let's, to you let's on demand. Figure it out. What are you talking about tonight? Figure uh, we'll do some bowl preview, obviously, but we got to talk about this game tonight too. And I, got, I mean, that, that's I'm, I'm as much as a pregame show as I can be. We, you know, you got to talk about Mississippi State, Alabama, huge game here at the Hump tonight. And we'll spend more time on it this afternoon, obviously. But uh, just real quick, absent the actual basketball, no students in town. December twenty eighth, right. sold out. Now I've seen some state sold fans out. say, "Well, that's probably because of Alabama people," and maybe it's possible. But Auburn Alabama took over the hump didn't, didn't last year. Sell the hump out though. Well, the other thing about Alabama people is it's still December twenty eighth. A lot of them are going to be headed to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. There'll they'll be Alabama fans there tonight. Don't don't get me wrong. There'll be a good Bama crowd. It's an easy trip. Their their team is good. But I mean, logically, I would think majority of these these tickets have been bought by Mississippi State fans. State sold some general admission tickets because the students aren't back. They 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 sold st- the the tickets into the student section as general admission, so you can go you know, sit low, 
and, and be down there. And if you know a student shows up, I think you have, may have to go. But I don't know. But they they were able to get that that back end of the uh, the the you know the, the area behind that goalpost goalpost behind that goal uh, filled. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the crowd looks like. I am too. Actually, I'll uh, I'll have it on TV too. Um, watching the Ole Miss game as well. Uh, the, the football, you know, takes precedent over basketball, but still, what an incredible opportunity for Chris James and, and his team tonight in front of a crowd like that. Chris Yans, Co- Coach, Coach, uh, I can't even do it. I was we're going to pay Reese an homage to, to, to. We're going to pay a homage to uh, Coach Yans on the show tonight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm seeing a video right now. By the way, did you watch any of the Coastal Carolina ECU game last night? Watched a little bit of it. I saw, if you're talking about this guy getting blocked through the end zone, I've seen that video. No, so Jeremy Lewis, a linebacker for East Carolina, right towards the end of the game, got his towel stolen. Coastal Carolina player yanked his towel off his belt. And so this That would never happen to Emmanuel Forbes. Jeremy Lewis ran back up to the East, uh, the Coastal Carolina player, and took his towel back, and he got a 15-yard penalty. For getting his towel back from the guy that stole it from him. That's America these days. You, somebody steals your property, you take it back, and you're the criminal. More coming up with you. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Sports Talk Mississippi with a few of you guys today, a few stations that had, didn't get knocked off. We'll be right back. It's sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Beats UCF in the Armed Forces Bowl. Nine wins for Mike Elko in his first year. Scored a late touchdown to ice that game. Literally, you can't ask for more if you're a Duke fan. Oh, you just no. you literally are not allowed to be any happier than nine wins, I don't think. Well, listen, Tennessee <laughs> are underway from Oxford. A lot of as you can imagine, especially with a four o'clock start on a workday for a lot of people. Good amount of empty seats, a lot of orange there as well. And uh, three minutes have passed, and Ole Miss has scored two points and has three fouls. So uh, they are... How many points does Tennessee have? Uh, six. Okay, so it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's, okay. it's just uh, Ole Miss offensively, man. Um, yeah. Whew, it is a tough watch. I would say work in progress, but it's year five. Yeah, and, and when it's... You know, <laughs> It's not really a work in progress. It just kind of is what it is at that point. So. Did I tell you? I got to tell you, I, I entered a time machine today. I went back in time. Yeah. So I had to get my cell phone fixed. I went to the C Spire store, and they were like, because I my wireless data had gone away. Like I could be on the Wi-Fi, but if I was not on Wi-Fi, I had no internet, no music in the car, no nothing. Right. So. They're like, okay, we, we, you know, we got to do this. We got to update your phone and put a, SIM, a new SIM card in, blah blah blah. And it'll be about forty-five minutes. You're welcome to wait, or you can just come back. And I was like, I'll go get some lunch and I'll come back. So I went to lunch with no phone. 
with no connection to the outside world what whatsoever. What did you do? Did you read? I ate lunch. So I, I thought about that. I was like, you know, 20 years ago, that would have been pop 50 cents in the machine, grab a, grab a newspaper, and sit there and read the sports section while I ate. I just sat there. I watched, uh, for some reason, they had it on the ACC network. So I watched a highlight package of Drake May. He's really good. I had not uh, seen enough of his highlights to tell you. I just sat there and I ate my lunch and was alone in my thought. I mean, anything could have happened. Zach Arnett could have dropped off the face of the earth. My kids could have been, you know, sent to another to another dimension. I would have known nothing until I went back to get my phone. I, is, how long has it been since that, that's been the case for me? It is kind of crazy, crazy that in hindsight, like, if you got in trouble at school, your parents didn't find out until, like, 6.30 so you got that home. night. Yeah. yeah, And that's if you told them. Well, you know, unless the parent, call, unless the teacher called the house or something. Times have changed, man. You know, Although, you, there are a lot yeah. of people um, that, that have... Uh, I don't want to be disrespectful, that are just a little bit older than, than us, that talk about how everybody nowadays is, they're just buried in their phone all the time. And you look at old-timey yeah. pictures of like people on the train or Everybody's something. Reading the paper. Everybody's reading the paper. Your head's buried in, in yeah. that as well. It's just a different yeah. thing. Everything that old people complain about is something they did in a different way when they were young. Yes. You know, I saw... I saw Something recently about kids are getting soft. And this guy found, like, articles going back to the 1700s of people like, this new generation, they don't want to get up at 4 in the morning and and, and plow the sorghum anymore. I mean, it's just, it, it's this is how we work, you know. I'll be complaining about it when I'm 82, you know. But it was but it was really something today. To, for, about, for about an hour today, I was on my own. Nobody could have reached me, you know, unless you knew where I went to lunch. And I made that decision spontaneously, so you couldn't have. So I was just I was just by myself for forty. I, just, I came back and the girl was like, "How was lunch?" I was like, "It was weird," because <laughs> normally I would just sit and look at Twitter the whole time or text my friends, and I couldn't do any of that. I want to do. By that the way, shout out day. to Ceasefire. My, uh, my my phone works perfectly now. Yeah, good people to, there. Appreciate I need, it. Need to go there myself. I, I'm planning on going fishing Friday, although it's supposed to rain. Because uh, we're uh, we're not going to be here. We are off. Yeah. But um, I might just leave my phone at home, like literally at the house, and just go yeah. fishing for however long I feel like going and not look at a phone, have a watch on, just so I kind of know what time it is, and disconnect from everything for a while. And since it's been cold, I don't think the gators will be out, so I can walk into the Pearl River and not fear for my life. It'll be great. Yeah, you should be good. And, of course, if you don't, if you aren't, well, Richard and I have a fun story to tell on uh, Monday's show. Man, before your time, I told a story about how I got attacked by an alligator, kind of. So, where where were you? When I lived in my first apartment, there's, uh, they they built these apartments, like, in March. This is in Oxford? No, no, here, in Flowood. Okay, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And, uh, there, there was a girl in the apartments that, like, uh, she was very good looking, and, and we would like casually, like, kind of just wave to each other. And it was more than just like a, a little hand tip. It was like, hey, like, you know, it, it was more than that. But yeah. but never, you know, I never was willing to just like walk up and say, hey, Michael, like, what's up? Yeah. Uh, Would you like to go get some coffee or something? Yeah. It worked out. We had a couple of lakes. I, I, I call them lakes, more like large ponds on the complex. Mm-hmm. And one of them had a family of alligators in it. But. 
I still fished the ponds anyway. A lot of good fish in there. They stocked it with a bunch of stuff. Uh, somebody caught a snakehead there one day, which uh, I told them to kill it. They didn't listen to me. Sure enough, uh, it's like illegal to release those if you catch them. Anyway, so I'm fishing yeah. one day, and I'm behind some some tall grass that was like on the shoreline. And one of the ponds was at the entrance of the complex. And mm-hmm. an alligator... Didn't know I was there. He wasn't attacking me because he was like six feet to my left. Kind of launches himself up out of the water, getting up on shore. And it startled me, and I fell backwards and dropped my pole and like freaked out. And she was <laughs> driving by. But oh. but I learned from that angle, you couldn't see the alligator. All you could see was me jumping back and throwing my rod in the air and falling over on myself. And she moved like a week <laughs> later. So that was our, like our lasting image. That was it. That was it. She saw me that jump idiot. away from an alligator. It was a small one. It was like a four-footer. So, like wasn't, wasn't trying to hurt me at all, and I freaked out. A friend of mine uh, got married out on Hilton Head. So we went out there, and uh, they had a golf day. So I'm, you know, I'm not a golfer, but I drove the cart and picked out the clubs and drank beer. And uh, my guy, he's running out of balls. So he decides he's going to go troll along the lake and try to see if he can get some balls out of the shallow water. And he's just walking, not really paying attention, and he's just walking up on this alligator. Not a big gator, maybe a little four-footer. And he's just getting closer and closer. And we're all watching him. We're like, is he going to Is he gonna notice that alligator's there? Ah, he'll, he'll see it. It'll be fine. And he got about a foot away from it, and finally he looked up. He was like, oh, and he just started backing away from that thing. And had had no he's just like, You guys weren't gonna say anything? We were like, nah, you're fine, you're a grown man. It'll be all right. And so nearly nearly stepped on an alligator in his quest for balls, uh, because he, <laughs> he couldn't keep him out of the water. Uh that we day. we get a question here. I actually know the answer. Uh what where do the alligators go when it gets <laughs> cold? They they do something, if I understand it correctly, uh it's called brumation, it's not hibernation. Uh, but it's called brumation, right. and what they'll do is uh, they'll they'll find burrows uh, underneath the banks. It depends it depends on how cold it gets. So like here, the, the gators burrowed uh, for sure. Uh, sometimes when it yeah. gets cold at night, like in South Florida, they'll just they'll, they'll hang out really at the bottom of the water where it's kind of insulated. But they, but they burrow essentially. Mm-hmm. Alligators only because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss, by the way, has now scored ten points in six minutes, which might be a record. See. You just you just had to give them a little motivation. I did. So they're they're tied at ten. I just uh, like I've seen them make a couple of shots, which in again is is kind of uh, new to to this team anyway. Uh, but yeah, alligators burrow. It's uh, reptiles are crazy, man. Uh, the turtles will just lay at the bottom of the water, even like up north where the ponds freeze over, and. Turtles will just live under the water. Like they, they don't breathe air underwater. It's just something in them allows them to not have to breathe for for weeks, possibly uh, months, even under frozen lakes, and nothing happens to them. I nerd out on stuff like that. There's a couple of YouTube channels that I right. watch where they're like reptile keepers hey. and whatnot. Well, there you go. This, I mean, this is this is good information to have because we live in we live in an alligator area. And you never know what you're going to find. Or do they get all so the way up to at. the Golden Triangle? Oh yeah, the Knoxby Refuge. Full There's of gators. gators in there, really. 
Oh, full uh, every reptile you want to meet in the Noxaby Refuge. Or some that you don't. <laughs> you got to be careful where you put a foot there. What? I said, or some that you don't. Some that you don't want to meet. Yeah, I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, um, there's, there's plenty of wildlife out there. Tucker and Tupelo says, Brim won't bite until the water warms. Uh, you'll use sinking flies such as clouser minnows and deceivers. Should be able to buy them at the Orvis store. Thanks, man. I appreciate the... Uh, the advice. Oh, it's supposed to rain tomorrow, though, so I might be, you know, I, I might be just kind of, for lack of a better phrase, might be kind of screwed on that. So that's uh, that's my plan, though, to take the day off. We get somebody sending us a video of them fighting a, a 10-foot alligator. Yeah, that's something there. That is gnarly right there, buddy. All 82 counties have confirmed alligators in Mississippi. I did not know that. Sports talk Mississippi we'll sometimes. Reptile we'll talk Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad with you. Uh, Ryan apologizes for flooding our text line with alligator picks. Don't apologize for that. This is awesome. He's a game warden and sends us a picture of uh, an eight-footer, an over-eight-footer that uh, I I assume he said when he caught it alive that he was able to relocate it. That's kind of, I I guess, the point of of his job. But that's awesome and terrifying all at the the same time. And he also sends us a picture of a little one as well. But look at that, man. I mean, that, I, have I ever told you I, we, I lived with a guy, we had a pet caiman no. for a while? Yeah. Where did you keep it? In a tank. It was, it was a little baby one, and when it got too big, we gave it away to, uh, to some guy who dealt with big reptiles. Was it a smooth front? Oh, I don't remember. It's been a long time. But, but when was this? It was uh, like 95, 96, when I was in, I was a sophomore in college, lived with a dude. Guy, guy in college yeah, he, had a pet caiman? That's awesome. Pet a pet caiman, yeah. We used to feed him uh, mice from the, the pet store, and I always felt bad because the box said, thanks for giving me a home. Oh. <laughs> you know you can <laughs> buy those things frozen, right? Like humanely euthanized well, and frozen? Not, not then, back then. I guess maybe not back then. Maybe not in Starkville. We just drive home and you get little boxes. Thanks for giving me a home. You're like, oh, you got a home for a few minutes there, buddy. Yeah, you ever see that movie Road Trip? Isn't that the movie where uh, yeah, where he gets to feed the snake? Yeah, he wants to feed the snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, when we fed the, the, the caiman, it was an event. People knew. People would come over and want to watch. That's crazy. You just eat a couple mice. Yeah. His name was Cracker. <laughs> Cracker the kid. I don't know, man. I didn't name him. Oh, man. What are you, do- what are you doing with it? How do you get a pet caiman here? He wa- I'm not making this up. He won it in a poker game. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s were wild, man. I'm telling you. It's a different time. People just dealing in wild animals at poker games and God oh, knows what, and feeding them live mice. I mean, I, I have I have a reptile. 
It's a crested gecko, a juvenile. Okay. So he's not he's not that big yet. He's still only about that big. But yeah, that's uh, I, I can't do snake. Like I want to have like a rack in my home office where I have like you know crested gecko, you know maybe a couple frogs, bigger lizard, whatever. I can't do snakes though. Like I don't mind holding them and touching them. Oh, the I don't, thought yeah. of one being in my home kind of scares me though. I, I especially you have a small child, so that yeah. that that's a worry. I, I mean, I, I get that. Like a snake outside. I we have a snake outside at my house that I that I leave alone because I don't like rats, and snakes keep rats away. Oh, especially so I have the snake. Snake, the snake is the outer defenses. The snake is the wall. All right. The snake is Castle Black. If the wildlings get past that. Well, I've got four cats in the house, so you know that that that's Winterfell. They're not getting past the the Stark family, the dire cats I have in there. They're not getting the oh, wildlings man. aren't getting past that. Oh, I I love cats. So. Don't get me wrong. We've got one, and he's the best. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that he doesn't like bring us presents. Because although I'm not squeamish like that, that that always bothered me. I had, we had a cat growing up, and like every day it would bring me a bird, bring us. I say me, bring us a bird. Well, see, I, or think something. That, I think. It's like, oh, that's my, so well, sweet. Have, no, that's not sweet. He's yeah. a killer. I have in, they're indoor cats, so I don't have that issue as much because the snake, I think, gets rid of any vermin that try to make it. I'm telling you, the Castle Black is effective. He knows what he's doing back there. My wife saw one time, like, you, you should kill him. I'm like, absolutely not. That's a good snake. He's going to keep pests away, as long, and he doesn't want any part of us. So just leave, leave him out there on the outer, on the outer defenses, and uh, we're good. We're good. Derek said we used to feed a friend's pet snake live mice before football games in high school. That, that, we that sounds like something right out of rap. Varsity Blues. <laughs> yeah. That's how you get we, bumped up we, for the game. We, I just put on, you know, Nelly. I don't... <laughs> I, we would listen to White Zombie and and, uh, and get a, a pack of Yellow Jackets from the gas station. And just, I'd be sitting there in my locker before the game, just like my heart would be like, I'm good. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to be all right. I've seen these pictures. Jimmy tweets it. Don't ever take says, a yellow jacket. Is the uh, is the uh, the lesson there? Don't ever do that. Uh, I've I've seen images like this before, and it's really cool. Um, gators uh, northern up north. He said North Carolina, but the the ones that are above us uh, will stick their snouts above the water, and and the water will freeze, and they'll just kind of sit there in frozen water. And they tell people like, don't try to rescue them. That is done on purpose. Yeah, and they're people fine. Will, like like fish them out or whatever to try to save them, and that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, so just let them stick their well, noses up out of the It's just like ice. anything else, right? Like if you're asleep and somebody wakes you up, how mad are you? It's the same thing. I was asleep! <laughs> and but this person has the power to eat you, this alligator. Oh, man. A chomper from past Christiane died this week at 64. Truly awesome animal. Ben from Macomb says, sends us a picture. Thing is a giant. I don't know That's if a it's... massive animal. I don't know if it's like a famous, uh, like in a zoo or a facility, or uh, I don't know. I've never heard of uh, Chomper, but may the big guy rest in peace. Look at him, though. That is wild. He looks like the one that took Chubb's, uh, ch- took Chubb's hand. There was a, uh, so my, my grandfather, my mom's dad lived uh, on Hilton Head, the aforementioned Hilton Head Island before he passed. And there, there was a lady in a complex that, had her little Pomeranian eaten by an alligator. Oh. And she tried to sue the complex. She tried to sue the... She tried to sue 
everybody. Well, you know, it's and his it, nature. What do you want? And it's not like he was on a like he, the dog got out. He was on. It's not like the yeah. alligator came up and took it off the leash. Like the dog got out and nature ran its course on the poor dog and like she was trying to. I mean, she went to city council. But it was like trying to raise hell about an alligator eating her dog and how terrible it is. And it, the responses were like, "Lady, what do you want us to do? They live here." Keep your dog on a yeah. leash and don't walk it along the shore. I mean, what else do you want us to do? I'll never forget that, though. That was like my first experience with a Karen before Karens were cool. Yeah, it's tragic, but I mean, yeah, hey, it sucks, but that's what happens. That's what wilderness does. That's what life, that's the circle of life. Brian asks how we got on the alligator subject. He's fine with it, just wants to know. I don't remember. How did. We got on it because we talked about you falling in the... Uh, oh, that's right. The, yeah. But how did we get to that? That's what I don't remember. We're talking about you living in the uh, marshlands. I don't I don't recall. Doesn't matter. Oh, fishing. Yeah. I'm going fishing. Fishing. You're going fishing. And, and so yeah, been you cold I'm not worried about the alligators. The alligators. Uh, yeah. Full circle. Perfect. Uh, this there is Sports is. Talk Mississippi, though. Ole Miss has opened up a 10-point lead over Tennessee right now Woo. in the first half. Uh, they have 27 points. You were critical points. of them, Michael. And look at, but because offensively they have stunk until this first half. Uh, it's like, like what team is this? Every I, time you criticize something about Ole Miss, they immediately turn into winners. Ole Miss fans so. would say you need to gripe all the time. I, I guess I need to, but uh, playing well. Mike Bianco, um, national champion. Lane Kiffin, winning games. You should have been complaining more before the Egg Bowl. In fairness, in fairness, Lane Kiffin did lose four or five. So I think criticizing yeah. the the approach actually was warranted. They're going to win by forty tonight. Now so there you go. Yeah, and now Kermit Davis has you got to him. There's a long way to go. Long Keith Carter. Season. Keith Carter would probably tell you to complain about the NIL fund. At this point, not enough money. Complain about how little, not enough money in there. Get in there. Ole Miss did get an interesting uh, corporate partnership with their collective. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Ole Miss does play in a football game tonight. We'll talk about that some more. Also, Mississippi State. I I, I was talking to a couple of state fans uh, this week, and some fans are going to watch their team for the first time tonight. So I'll get Haydad to kind of tell you what to expect and, and who. Uh, to be watching for as Mississippi State plays uh, as big of a game as you can have on December twenty eighth. I, I don't. Is yeah. big big's the right word, right? Because we're not saying big is the right word. Must win. It's just a big. It's game. It's a top twenty five matchup. It's yeah. a big game. So we'll talk. Is about there, all there that. May, without without knowing the whole schedule, it might be the biggest game in college basketball tonight. Oh. How many other top twenty five matchups are there? I don't think there are many based on uh, looking earlier. Uh, and also, you know, with football on the brain. But let's see how many top 25 matchups in college basketball there are uh, tonight. Ratings on the early season have been pretty good, by the way. Uh, you know, it's not anything close to the NBA or bowl games. But if I'm looking at this right, there is no there is no other ranked versus ranked matchup tonight. So, yes, this is the biggest game in, in the country tonight, believe it or not. It is. And Arkansas is at LSU also, if you feel like watching that instead of football. There you go. Uh, we tweeted about it yesterday, but we'll talk about it here. Uh, helmet sticker appearing on uh, on Ole Miss's helmet tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that 
and everything else I just mentioned when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere on this Wednesday. Super Talk Mississippi. Cody and Ackerman has a question for Hey Dad here. Also said he loved mm-hmm. the show. We appreciate you, Cody. Your checks in the mail. He said Seth Luttrell isn't a candidate anymore. Zach Kittley has a complicated buyout. Garrett Riley seems unrealistic. Chris Hatcher seems like the most logical choice for state's offensive coordinator now, right? Or Kendall Bryles? Ask Brian who he thinks or who he wants as state's next OC and a realistic option. Well, first off, I see that we read the same message boards because I've read everything you just read there, uh, Cody. So uh, of that group... Probably Hatcher makes the most sense. You know, I do. I do wonder about him uh, being a head coach. Is, is he willing to, you know, to not be a head coach anymore? Because you know, sometimes you just want to be in charge. Uh, but if he is, that 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 feels like a pretty good pretty good move. Within he's within the air raid family, but he provides a little bit more of that running game that you want. And uh, good good coach. So we'll see how it goes. That would be. I don't know. I don't know that he's the favorite, but I think yeah. I don't know. I don't know, and I don't know that he's the favorite. And I don't know. You know, one thing I've learned with State over the past few years is that the names that get reported, they tend to not be the names that get hired. The only one that is different for me is the basketball one with Jans. But Purcell wasn't talked about until he was hired, basically, right? Lamonis wasn't talked about until he was hired. Moorhead and Leach. Pinson had some 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 uh, some, some some internet root legs, but by and large, state does, and, and think about this athletic director search. There's not a lot getting out. State does a pretty good job of of, of containing the leaks on this stuff. So I'm not going to be totally surprised that if we come back in a few weeks and it's somebody we haven't talked about. I do expect it to be a, you know, I expect a, a a big shuffle. Some people will stay, but I expect a big shuffle on the offensive side of the ball. Interesting. And that goes back to something that we talked about briefly yesterday. It's what you're going to see on Monday, Monday morning, Right, is not what you're going to see come September. Correct. Sure, some things I mean, might be similar, but not the same. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can't change what you want to do offensively in three weeks. you, you got to stick with what you know. So Spurrier will call the game plan, and it'll look a lot like what you saw Probably more in states' wins where they ran the ball more. I think Spurrier will run the ball more. But by and large, it'll look a lot like what you've seen. Next year, not totally different, but different. Because it's going to be a different guy calling the plays. And it'll be he'll have an entire offseason to implement his system. Which will be similar to what Mike Leach did. But And we've said this so many times. Nobody ran the air raid the way Mike Leach ran it. Everybody else runs it a little different. 
Everybody else is taking their own things and add it to it. And and so we'll see what it looks like. But it's going to look a little different for sure. So yes. What you don't if, if state puts up somehow puts up 50 points and 600 yards, don't walk out of that game, you know, thinking, "Oh man, state's going to be so good offensively next year." They should still be good, but they, those two things will not be correlated. On that note, sort of, um, the, the picture, I guess, leaked or, or whatever last night. But unsurprisingly, so Ole Miss will be wearing the uh, that Mike sticker that, that you've seen around. I think Missouri had the same one. A couple of others mm-hmm. have worn it as well with the cowbell. Arkansas is doing it today. Arkansas's got it today, the uh, the cowbell. But but it, it's, you know, it's a little bit different when it's Ole Miss and they put a cowbell, willingly chose to put a cowbell on their helmet today. Yeah, um, unsurprising gesture, but still cool to see nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. And I, I wondered about that just because, you know, it is such a heated and, and, and bitter rivalry. You know, what could they do? And 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 kudos to Ole Miss for because I am certain I am certain there are there there are just some bad people in the world. There are some Ole Miss fans who are like I don't like that. And I, I'll be totally honest with you, I don't. What's the word I'm looking for here? I, I, I get that a, a, a little bit, but at the end of the day, there are just some things that are, are more important than, than a rivalry, and this is one of them. And Kiffin and Leach were friends. That's the other thing to re- remember in this. You know, I, If Mullen had passed away, would Freeze have put a sticker on the helmet? I don't know. And certainly the other way around, I don't know. But with Leach and Kiffin being so close, you knew that there was going to. I feel like this is going to be a conference-wide tribute. I'm pretty sure all of the SEC schools. Will, like you said, Missouri's already done it. Um, did Florida? Florida I, did it. Yeah. Florida did it. Yeah, they had the same. They had, it's the same sticker. So I think the conference has probably decided, you know, behind closed doors. Hey, we, let's do this as a tribute to uh, to Mike Leach. So I, I don't know this one way or the other. I wouldn't be surprised also if Kiffin's got something somewhere on himself. Uh, that that would be doing the same thing. You know, we saw Dana Holgerson with the state hoodie. Can you imagine Ole Miss's head coach tonight with a state hoodie on? Or maybe Leach. That would be an all. Leach makes more sense, right? He's got he's got the hookup with the screen print guys there yeah. at LFG shirts that they'll make anything happen for him. So yeah, he uh, so he loves if, I, if he wears a, sweaters, a state or. Or if he has a cowbell on his shirt somewhere, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna be like, that's you never see that again. No, and, and very few. I totally think, memeable too. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Especially, I mean, lose the Egg Bowl next year and then slap that cowbell Lane Kiffin shirt out there and make people mad. But exactly, it, it, it's cool to see, and it's it's emblematic, like you said. I mean, maybe if if something like that happened back then, you would have seen similar uh, response. But I don't know. And, and this one between Kiffin and his dad, uh, who, by the way, has entered... Monty Kiffin has entered the I-don't-care-what-y'all-think stage of life, and I respect the <laughs> heck out of him for it. He's old enough now, yeah. yeah. He just does whatever he wants. But but their appearance, uh, what was it, Malik Heath, also Kiffin, his dad, Keith Carter, th- this helmet sticker thing, anything extra that they do, Kiffin statement, all that feels genuine. It feels mm-hmm. truly genuine, which I don't know if I don't know if this is appropriate to even talk about. But I don't know if if this would have happened before. You could have said the same thing when other fair. people were in charge. It, it, the the Mullen versus Freeze. I think there might have just been like a moment of silence, but I don't know that there would have been a 
a freeze, an HF, or a DM sticker on the back of either team's helmets. I don't think that. So we. uh, I think Leach being who he is and being this legendary figure kind of makes it a little different. Like you want to recognize a guy like that. Mullen and Freeze, what had they done? I mean, they're just they were just the coaches at Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Mike Leach was a lot more than just the coach at Mississippi State. Yeah, for uh, for sure, And, and you'll see it. I mean, for in college football for forever, possibly, until everybody goes back to the triple yeah. option, I guess. Uh, but in the meantime, there's air raid elements in basically every uh, offense, to some degree, anyway, um, all across college football. 6 year one 4395 is the text line if you want to be a part of the conversation. Uh, we get a message here that says, uh, I hope Kiffin has anything uh, on to honor Leach. I'm a diehard Ole Miss fan, but I adored Leach. How big will State's play sheet be this game? I mean, it's going to be simple. It's going to be. It's going to be the same. It, it's just not going to be that different. You can't mess with the play. You can't do too much. It, it's going to be the same. Not, probably the no. identical play sheet with no changes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I don't. I don't expect much. I expect Mississippi State's offense to look the way that it did against A and M, Arkansas, Ole Miss. 20-plus rushes, but plenty of passes, plenty of short passes. They're not going to start slinging it down the field for some reason. They're not going to turn into a two-back set and let's run the ball 40 times. Just just don't expect that. Now, next year, you could see a lot of differences, but not not next Monday. Yeah, spring when practice. I, when I say next year, I mean next season, yeah. not, not January the 2nd. Spring practice is never interesting. It'll be interesting in Starkville. It's interesting when you have new uh, new coaches and new systems to put in. Yeah. And so for however many practices are open in the actual spring game, hey, see, like in Oxford next year, nothing interesting is going to happen in the spring. Nothing. Right. It's that right, same right. coach, yeah. same system, same, same quarterback. Same quarterback, too. So. Yeah. yeah. In Starkville, though, the spring game, I, I mean, I'll watch closely. And I have a hard time watching yeah, spring have... games closely. I'll watch Because you want to see what the offense looks like. Yeah. It's a pretty, that makes sense. Uh, pretty, pretty dramatic shift from uh, the usual. So anyway, we will uh, we will cover that. Dan and Hagsburg said, "I thought you were about to say that Monty was entering the transfer portal." <laughs> no, not as far as I know. I think uh, I think no, Monty, I, I think Monty's just kind of hanging out, enjoying himself at this point, as he should. He, yeah. He's lived his life. It's time. It's, you know, it's time to enjoy it. And the Bucks ring he made of his honor. money. Yeah, he made his money. Go ahead and you know, time 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 to to you know, be that guy. Do what you want. I actually don't have this game up. I'll answer your question when we come back. Somebody asked what happened to Arkansas. I uh, I I don't know and my my it's current 3 nothing Arkansas. So I don't know what's I don't know Anything more than that? We will uh, we'll try to find out for you. Sports Talk Mississippi on a Wednesday. When we come back, what should... If you're a state fan, you're going to watch your basketball team closely for the first time this year. The couple that I talked to earlier are going to be doing that tonight. What should you expect to see? We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Don't go anywhere.
them. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Six at the half over Tennessee. Kansas is a seven to three lead in the first quarter of the Liberty Bowl. As Haydad pointed out during the break, a ton of Kansas fans there. Just yeah, a bunch more than Arkansas fans. And Little Rock is like over the bridge and twenty miles from Memphis. And again, the part that our texter who asked about what happened, with our, I don't know what you're referring to. It's just it's seven to three. They're at the game. I don't know. So Mississippi State's got a basketball game tonight against Alabama, top 25 matchup we've mentioned earlier. Hey, Dad, just kind of a broad, like, who are the stars? What do they look like offensively? That kind of stuff. For a State fan, I'm using two people as my sample size for State fans are going to be watching their team in, in a lot of cases for the first time tonight, or maybe just two. What can people expect to see? Who are the who are the leaders? What kind of offense do they run? What can fans expect to see from their basketball team they might be watching for the first time tonight? Well, it's more important about what they do defensively. That's what this team is built on. That's what this team is about. Uh, they only give up 52 points a game. Uh, that is that is an absurdly low number, even in today's college basketball game where there there aren't the the quality of shooters that you that you used to see. 52 points a game is ridiculous. Um, and then on the other side of that, Alabama is a really, really good offensive team. They average 84 points per game. So we have a great contrast in styles. We got a something's got to give kind of matchup tonight. Um, for state, obviously, it all starts with Tolu Smith, uh, averaging close to a double double in the year. The big power forward, uh, has been really, really good this year. Uh, has just, just, he, he is the focal point of this offense. And then it's about finding the next guy, basically, every game and, and somebody else stepping up. And if you can get two guys to step up the way State plays defense, that's usually been enough to win. So is it going to be DJ Jeffries? Is Shaq Moore back tonight? You know, he's missed the past couple of games. And those are the games, you, if you've watched State these last three games, they haven't been as sharp as you would like them to be, and including the loss to Drake and Shaq Moore not playing is probably a big part of that. Um, Deshaun Davis is a guy, you know, transfer from Oregon State. Who missed a couple of games in the in the, in the non conference, but he he's a good player, has made some big shots for state, um, and, and but like I said, it, it, they 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 really are just a one star team, and by that I'm when I say one star, I mean they have one guy, they have Tolu yeah, they Smith, and then everybody else are the least talented team in the SEC. They yes. are a one star team. The Michelin Guide hated them. Um, <laughs> they, they 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 just find guys here and there that step up and have have a big game. Uh, be it a Cam Matthews, be it a uh, an Eric Reed, a Jamel Horton, whoever it is, you know, some guys have to step up. But we were talking about Ole Miss earlier in football and how you know the best case for for Texas Tech was to get the game into a shootout to play with Ole Miss. It's the opposite for State. They cannot win a shootout. If Alabama's over seventy five points, Alabama won the game. So State's got to find a way to to do what they've done all year and muddy the waters 
and, and drag Alabama down into the dirt and fight with them. And if they can do that, uh, they have a great chance to win. I'm very, I'm excited to see, uh, for Alabama, the freshman Brandon Miller, who is playing like he might be the number two pick overall, uh, in the draft this, this time next year. Uh, a six foot nine true freshman averaging 19 points per game, eight, almost nine rebounds per game. His stats are just silly, Borky. He shoots 42% from the field, but he shoots 44% from three. Ooh. I mean, yeah, and he's that, six foot nine. Did I mention that? Yeah, that, that's so, an NBA stretch four right there. That that is that's yeah. Scouts are looking at that and going, geez, you know, obviously Wimbayama will be first, but this guy making a case to be number two. And then they, I mean, Alabama they just shoot the basketball, you know, a lot. Like I said, when I say contrast in styles, it couldn't be more stark between these two teams. Alabama wants to get up and down the floor; they want to shoot a ton of threes. State plays it possession by possession. The, the 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 stat to watch tonight is turnovers. Alabama as a team has turned it over more than they have assists. Their their uh, their assist to turnover ratio is negative. Wow, so they've turned it over two hundred and three times thus far this year. So state is so a team good? that likes to get because they make a lot of shots. Yeah, when they have the, when they keep the ball, they make the shots that they're they're, they're taking. I mean, they have two guys shooting. I mean, double check that they have two guys shooting better than forty two percent from three. That's their top two leading scores. So and they and they out rebound their opponents by by a good margin too. So they just they make shots when they have the chance, and they're a good basketball team. So good game tonight here in Starkville. State's got to got to play really really hard. Defense is supposed to travel, or it's not really traveling, but it's supposed to be there every game. If if it is tonight, State has a chance to win. So I'm excited to see what what's, what what happens tonight at the Hump, and I'm excited to see this crowd too. We shall see. We will of course recap it. Uh, tomorrow, obviously, we'll, we we have two games to recap tomorrow. Kind of exciting, easy last show of the year coming your way, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in Starkville. There's some NIL news, interesting, unique, I guess I should say, NIL news coming to an SEC team in this state. It's too elementary of a teaser. Ole Miss and the Grove Collective have a corporate partner. It's going to help them out with something. We'll tell you what that is when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Disaster for Kansas in the Liberty Bowl. They give up a 60-yard touchdown pass. Don't, don't undersell yourself here. We are talking earlier about Michael Borky criticizes things and they turn around. Borky says, when we, we found out that Rocket Sanders goes to the locker room, Borky says, oh, they're going to lose. Here are the three plays <laughs> since then. Touchdown, Arkansas. Arkansas recovers the fumble on the kickoff. Touchdown, Arkansas in 17-7. What a disaster. Borky, real quick, tell tell me how I'm never going to get rich. Go, Borky. You will never get rich. You're certainly not going to own a boat or a 90-inch TV. That's never going to happen. Man. You're never going to get lights on your back porch. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll see how it goes. This we'll is put Sports you, put Talk you to the Mississippi. Test. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Arkansas decided to uh, to show up here at the end of the first quarter. And uh, it is good to be with you guys. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to have you. 601-879-4395. Don't forget, Thunder and Lightning Live coming up here in an hour. Well, 59 minutes really is when the show will begin. Haydad will talk yes. about the basketball game following immediately following his show. Bowl game thoughts and more. Also, that shows up in podcast form. So wherever you get them, I personally would recommend Spotify. I think that's the best podcast app. The one that shows up on your iPhone, quite frankly, is awful compared to Spotify. But either way, wherever you get your podcasts, if you want Mississippi State every day, Thunder and Lightning, search that in your favorite podcast app and subscribe. We also have a thrice-weekly Rebel Report, a daily... It's <laughs> a thrice. Henceforth, hither unto. A, uh, yes, me lord. A daily Southern Miss as well. Eagle Hour <laughs> is what you need to search there. And so. Oh, man. Yeah. Podcast. And this one, Sports Talk Mississippi, yeah. is commercial free in podcast form. Also, wherever you get them, those numbers are growing every day. We appreciate you guys yeah. listening post show. Probably uh, more so. Today than usual because losing all of our stations thanks to sports. We need to to give a shout out to Will East because I think the decision to to make the podcast ad free made it a much easier and much more exciting listen for our our, our customers. It's a more I mean, user friendly you know, experience when you're when you're listening to a podcast. I mean, you know, there's going to be some ads, but you know, it's different when you're listening to live radio. So. Good job, Will. I think I think that's a big part of why we are we that podcast is continuing to grow. Mike in Oxford sends us a, a funny meme. He said, "I phoned my local radio station today. When the guy answered the uh, when the guy answered the phone, he said, "Congratulations on being our first caller. All you have to do is answer the next question correctly to win our grand prize." Woohoo! I shouted with joy. It's a math question, he said, feeling confident. I've got a degree in math, and I teach at our local school, I proudly said. Okay, then. To win the two VIP tickets to see Justin Bieber and meet him backstage, what is two plus two? <laughs> Seven, I replied. There you go. What a terrible prize that would be. My, my kids might like it. I would, I would not be a happy camper. It is time for the college football fix, driven by Ford. And your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Richard didn't have to drive, although he thought he was going to have to drive in his F-150. Spend your weekend test driving one of those bad boys at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. You'll see why it's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. NIL news. Ole Miss, the Grove Collective more specifically. It's been teased a couple of times. It was teased on our show a few weeks ago from Walker Jones, the head of the Grove Collective, that a corporate partnership was coming and it was going to be announced soon well that announcement happened today i assume timed up a little bit with uh, the bowl game happening tonight either way wheels up has uh, joined the grove collective you've probably seen wheels up on golfers if you watch any professional golf you've probably seen it See on College Game Day a lot, too. Yeah, you see it on College Game Day. They're the ones that bring in the guest picker. Anyway, it's uh, partially owned by Delta Airlines. But Wheels Up, more specifically, uh, Meals Up, their uh, charity arm 
uh, is paying 15 Ole Miss athletes. That includes Jackson Dart, Quinjon Judkins, McCants, and Elliott from baseball, Maya Taylor from the women's basketball team, and more. Uh, will be uh, promoting and doing charity work with Wheels Up, which is or Heels Up, Heels Up, Wheels Up, Meals Up. Let's just do the whole alphabet uh, to to help bring awareness to um, their uh, their charity, uh, order, which delivers uh, <laughs> meals to uh, specifically kids that are uh, possibly lacking in uh, in nutrition and other things. They will also so that's a that's the cool side of it. That's the individual players yeah. getting paid specifically to promote a certain thing. Also, uh, Ole Miss promote a charity. I mean, that's, a that's a good thing. Also, Ole yeah. Miss athletes will have special access, exclusive to Ole Miss athletes, to uh, special flight rates and and the ability to acquire like priority points and stuff like that. And, and the idea was for, I mean, let's let's be honest for what it is. It's a recruiting thing. That they can say now that through NIL, players' families uh, can get, get discounted flights and stuff yeah. like that to come in to watch your kids play. Uh, that is a, a well thought out, well yeah. orchestrated uh, plan here. I mean, I'm not, that makes it sound sort of devious, but it, I mean this this is you're getting this is an absolute best of both worlds kind of thing, right? You have a NIL deal which is going to promote a very worthy charity that's going to help a lot of people. Great. Sounds good. Who couldn't be on board? Also, Ole Miss athletes will be able to <laughs> you have a recruiting advantage over their competitors because, hey, we can, you know, it's it's tough to fly to come see your, your son play, but we can put you on a private jet at a very low cost. I mean, that's a selling point. Yeah. So it does it absolutely does uh it, it does help when you're recruiting or trying to recruit kids from Florida and Help. They've gotten into New Jersey lately and, and things yeah. like that. It, it certainly helps. It's a one-of-a-kind deal for now. I assume that uh, other programs are going to find ways to also do something very similar, especially these rural programs, because like even Tuscaloosa is not exactly super-duper easy to get to either. Uh, Auburn's not super-duper easy to get to. Obviously, Starkville, you know, there's local airports at all these places, but if you're flying in right. from Los Angeles or whatever, you got to get a rental car and do all that stuff. So it's a one-of-a-kind thing for now. Uh, I, I don't expect it to stay that way for very long, but still uh, a pretty unique thing for Ole Miss and, and at least moving forward a recruiting selling point for all of their teams. Yeah. Some good news here. Rocket Sanders back on the sidelines for Arkansas. That's, That's good, good news. So he got rolled yeah. up on, right? Like rolled his ankle a little bit, right? Yeah, they were running a play where Jefferson was running behind him, sort of, you know, the old school like had his hand on his on his hips trying to like lead him as the lead blocker. And when Jefferson got tackled from behind, he he rolled into his running back and and got him got him on the ankle there. So, so he is uh, he is back for Arkansas. Still seventeen to seven. It's still seventeen to seven. Our Kansas just had an interception, so Arkansas is driving and about to score oh again. Oh my gosh! Like. What what a just a disaster! I mean, yeah, it, it really I mean, it was it was seven to three Kansas when you said oh, Arkansas is going to lose. Huh? Well, I thought Rocket Sanders was total be domination yeah. by the Hogs since then. Well, Tennessee, by the way, has cut the Ole Miss lead down to uh, four with uh, with sixteen still, to go. Still so, holding on. Still uh, still holding on there. But Ole Miss has uh, cooled off a little bit offensively uh, in this one. 601 is the text line. If you want to be a part of the show, that's how you do it. 
Uh, Kyle says Fayetteville is 317 miles from Memphis. Southwest is headquartered in Little Rock. Oh. Well, you know, I've heard from Ole Miss fans, by the way, that that have that were planning on flying into Houston last night or this morning and, and couldn't, and so they're not going to be there. So an already small Ole Miss crowd could possibly be smaller because of Southwest being what it is. Yeah. I'm just I'm watching KJ first and goal. He's so good. Uh, yeah, this this is we talked about it a little bit yesterday. This, so the whole thing is just a nightmare. I did tell my wife. I was, so listen to this. My kids. I'm not making this up. My kids. While we were on vacation, we sort of had a little conversation. Like, what are we going to do next year? This has been a great trip. How are we going to top it? And one, my oldest daughter said, "Could we go to Vegas?" And I was like. We could definitely go to Vegas. And then my youngest daughter chimes in with, yeah, that sounds like it would be fun. And I was like, are you telling me it's 3-1 right this second? That I that I have uh, attained the majority of the house? So we we're talking, so it looks like we might go to Vegas. And I told my right. wife today, I was like, look, I was like, look, if Southwest survives this, they're gonna be offering round trip tickets for like fifty bucks trying to get people to come on board. You need to be <laughs> monitoring that. We could fly the whole family out there and for you know in whatever their version of first class is for two hundred and fifty dollars. So just keep an eye on the prices. Take it's literally gonna be like fly family. Jackson to Houston for fifteen bucks. It's that's what they're gonna have to do to get people back on board. Might just go to Houston for the heck of it. I mean, why not, right? I mean, it just you could literally take a weekend trip to Houston probably for like fifty bucks when this is done. So yeah. Ah, might take advantage. Sports Talk Mississippi, 601-879-4395 is the text line if you want to be a part. We'd love to have you on this Wednesday. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Borky, Brian Haydad with you just, what is it, three hours and 40 minutes until the start of the Texas Bowl. That's going to be a late one tonight. It'll end around midnight. Looking forward to staying up for that one, guys. Maybe we can start it a little, never mind. But, late football tonight. We might get a performance that is legendary in this game. Maybe we will. Sometimes bowl games are made for that. Ask Frank Gore Jr., He is a Southern Miss legend forever for putting up gigantic numbers in their bowl game. Which, speaking of gigantic numbers, seven figures of an audience, over a million people watched Southern Miss and Rice. For comparison, get this. When people say there's too many bowl games and nobody watches them and who cares, Southern Miss played on a Thursday night on ESPN2 and drew 190,000 viewers. They played Rice in a bowl game and drew over 1 million viewers. On a Saturday night. On a Saturday night, people watch yeah. them. People just watch them. It is what it is. I watch. We did get a legendary performance in sports last night. I imagine most of our audience Oof. didn't watch the NBA, but we had this history. This is one we have to talk about. Luka this is Doncic, one that you got to talk about. 
who, by the way, had a great post-game quote when he was asked how he felt. He said, I'm tired. I need a recovery beer. Uh, relatable. <laughs> I didn't know re- didn't know recovery beer existed. I didn't either. I'm gonna go start asking for one of those. I'll start asking for one of those. There, I'm gonna make that part of my next contract with Super Talk. After every show, there's got to be a recovery beer waiting on me. Yeah, too. a little mini fridge right there. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic is the first player in the history of professional basketball, or at least in the NBA, to have a 60 point, 20 plus rebound, 10 assist, triple double. First time that has ever happened in the NBA. So that's awesome in and of itself. But after you react to it, what is the greatest individual performance? And I want you guys out there listening to let us know as well. The greatest individual performance you have seen live, a game that you were there to see, what is the greatest individual performance you oh, have on. ever seen in honor of Lucas 60-20-10 last night? You have to give me a second to look up the box score. Because right, the, 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 it immediately came to mind that that's, that's the one I wanted to go with. But i gotta, I got to find the box score. Here it is. All right. Uh, 1997, Mississippi State uh, versus LSU. Do we have the actual? This is not the box score. Dang it, they lied to me. Here we go. L- uh, thank goodness. LSU's. Website for some reason archives everything they have. Man, you can find game stuff from all the way. Cecil Collins, twenty-two carries for one hundred and seventy-two yards. Uh, I'm telling you, it doesn't sound like the numbers aren't that big, but he had at least two runs of more than fifty yards in that game, including one where he lost his shoe. And I remember watching that game, thinking, "This is the next great SEC running back. This is the next Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson." Yeah. Unfortunately, he ended up being a social deviant. And never got there. That that's up there for me. Um, trying to think in terms of live. What's the best state one I saw live? Like actual Mississippi State. Oof. Is there a baseball so, so performance a that, that that like that's what I was thinking? I was trying to out to you, but I was I was trying Brent Rooker when he hit three home runs in one game uh, against Kentucky. That was one. I mean, he was. Brent Rooker had that stretch in, in his his last year at State where he was locked in more than any hitter I've ever seen in my life. Um, the McNamee home run in the Super Regional. I mean, that wasn't like an I wasn't elite. there for that, though. Oh, wasn't a great like game for him? Or maybe it was. I don't remember his yeah. total game. But that was a spectacular moment. That that's that's a that's just a moment. But you know, as far as like individual performance from start to finish. Um, and I've, saw, I've seen a couple of triple doubles at the hump. Lawrence Roberts had one. Jarvis Fernando had I think Jarvis Fernando had one that were the the it was blocks. It was points, rebounds, blocks. So those were cool. Um, I'm just trying to uh, football. Is, is there one that stands out that, more than any other? How did Cam uh, Newton play when when he played Mississippi not, State? Because that's great. Not I don't great. have many great it so early, in person. It was ones. early in the season. It was early in the season. And he, I mean, the final score of the game was seventeen to ten. It was, oh, it wasn't yeah. that much. So, um, Derrick Henry had a big game against State his last year there. He had two long touchdown runs. Um, I'm trying to think for Dak. Like Dak's best game was that Arkansas game, his uh, his senior year. I wasn't at that. I was at the Auburn game. That might be Dak's best home game. Where he, that or the Texas A&M game his junior year. So. 
That's a lot. Oh, I, I was also at the New Orleans Saints game where Reggie Bush uh, returned two punts for a touchdown and missed another one by about 10 yards. That's pretty sick. And the Saints lost that game, though, in classic Saints fashion. Yeah. Lost, had two special teams touchdowns and lost. Ugh. Terrible. Yeah. About right. Yeah, I, I would have sworn Cecil Collins had more rushing yards than 172. If you had told me that night he had 350 rushing yards, I would have believed you. Goodness. Yeah, I don't have many great in-person individual oh. ones either. I mean, I saw By the I way, went to I every have... Marshall Henderson home game, so at least I got to see the spectacle. That's, that's performance art. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that is. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, when he was in Oxford, was special that day. He had a big game, yeah. I remember thinking that that was the greatest college football player I had ever seen walking out of the stadium. Yeah. 16 Egg Bowl, Nick Fitzgerald with 250, yeah, 260 yards one. rushing, and he threw three touchdowns in that one. I have another stat, though, for you from this. You know, Donkic's uh, triple-double is obviously very awesome, but this is the real stat. that Dallas was down nine with 35 seconds to go. Ended up putting the game into overtime. Teams prior prior to this in the last twenty seasons, teams were zero and thirteen thousand eight hundred and eighty four when trailing by at least nine with thirty five or fewer seconds remaining. Say that one more. It time. broke a streak of thirteen thousand. Oh my! Eight hundred eighty four games. I would love to know the last one without of of, of teams being down nine with thirty five seconds to go. How do you do that? So I wasn't watching the game of how do you how do you blow a nine point lead I mean, in thirty seconds? Well, I mean, how do you do that? With a twenty four second shot clock, you can do it. Where if you if you miss your free throws, yeah, it is, is miss free throws. And then Luca had to make and then miss a free throw, get the rebound, which he did, put it in, which he did to tie it. Sixty twenty one and ten is a stupid, just just a stupid line. It's hard to fathom. And he doesn't look like yeah. he should be that good. I mean, he he really doesn't fit at all. Like physically, I mean, you you look at some of these great players in the NBA. Like I know I know most of you out there probably hate LeBron, but physically look at LeBron, and then physically look at Luca. And Luca's a tall guy, yeah. But and, and he's like thick. But LeBron is he's is got a beer belly. Different. He's got yes. a dad bod. And uh, Nico Jokic, also the Joker, just uh, looks like he doesn't belong on a basketball floor. He looks like he'd be putting up those, numbers at the wide. Those Serbians, the man, road. watch out for him. I'm telling you. Yeah. Also, no, nah, I'm not gonna. I was gonna say. I'll say this. Hmm? When Luca got drafted, people thought his mom was his girlfriend, and uh, we could. Yes. <laughs> that's about as. It's, it's about I remember as, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Something in the yeah. water there, but yeah, he's unbelievable, man, and just so smooth. And you know when a guy's great when it looks like he's moving in slow motion and he's faster than everybody else. I mean, like, Luca looks like the game it, yes. is on fifty percent speed for him. I, there, there was a Eric Dickerson as a running back because of the way he ran. He didn't really lower his shoulder. He ran high, and he just looked like he was gliding. More than anything else, that's when you know a guy is a stud. Ole Miss clinging to a two-point lead in the second half. They are shooting fourteen percent from the field in the second half. Tennessee just tied it up again. Eleven minutes to go in that one. So 
We'll see if they can breathe a little life back into their program after uh, an uninspiring non-conference slate, uh, for sure. Mike Gundy did something that I think is stupid uh, today, quite frankly, and emblematic of, uh, of a problem in college football. I'll tell you what he said in his press conference last night, and you guys be the judge. You tell me, you tell us, if he was right, wrong, or somewhere in between. We get um, one message here. Closing pitching at Mississippi State Baseball National Championship against Vanderbilt. I know it's baseball, but still. Greatest individual performance that uh, you've seen. Kyle saw Herschel Walker somersault over Ole Miss's defensive line and land on his own feet in the back of the end zone. Jarvis Fernando in 2009 against Vandy is another one. So more of yours if you send them. 601-879-4395. And then Mike Gundy. What did he do? last night. We'll tell you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. So Hannah and I are watching two different games right now. I have Ole Miss basketball on. They have two made shots in the first 11 minutes of the second half, so... Yikes. You are reacting, though, to something that happened in the Liberty Bowl. I thought there was another turnover, but it was just a stop on fourth down. So Arkansas has got the ball back. So basically the same thing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross. Kansas is just getting manhandled out here. It's just getting beat up. Yeah, the SEC, man. Different animal. We keep trying to tell people that, but people not around here don't want to listen, and that's that's fine. Yeah, they're wrong. You're right, but yeah, but that's fun. Mike Gundy, the I'm a man, I'm forty guy, lost their bowl game last night. Kind of plummeted at the end of the season. Pretty brutal yeah. finish for Oklahoma State, if we're being totally honest. He and his seven and a half million dollar a year salary, though, um, is being criticized as you can imagine. So fans, media wondering if he's going to make any staff changes. He's going to make staff changes. You have to after the collapse that they had. After the game last night that they lose to Wisconsin, again, a Wisconsin team that fired their coach earlier this season. Luke Fickle, by the way, on the sidelines with a headset on. Very odd situation there, but either way. It was weird. A little odd. A little odd. A reporter, in a very softball manner, by the way, Asked Mike Gundy if he anticipated making any staff changes. I wish I had good audio to play for you. I'm going to have to read it. I tried. Audio is just too far away. So I'll give you the quote instead. Mike Gundy was disgusted with the reporter. He said, do you think I would tell you if I was making staff changes? I might have to cut you out. I mean, don't be a word I can't say. Really? That's people's lives, man. That's people's families. Don't mess with people's families. It's not fair to people's families, man. I'm not mad at the game. I just don't like ignorance. End quote. I thought Mike Gundy was a man. He told us that once in a, in a rant. 
But I guess not. He's a child. Like, what do you want, man? How easy a question is that to deflect and give a non-answer to? Say, so, yeah, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll evaluate something like that uh, in the coming weeks. Next question. Simple as that. That's it. But I'm going to cut you out. I mean, th- this is what a lot of coaches try to do. They try to turn their 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 local media into a bunch of sycophants, a bunch of you know yes men who just ask, Coach, great performance there tonight. Tell us what how how you're able to make your team play so good when they lose forty eight to seven. So, not me, buddy. First off, I'm not going to be that guy, but. It's just ridiculous. You know, you have a job, Mike Gundy, and you get paid $7.5 million to kind of do it. Your job is to win games. You didn't do a great job of that this year. The other guy has a job. His job is to ask you questions. You you need to answer either answer them or don't, but don't threaten people like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there, there's rich irony in doing the those are people's families, man, while also threatening his livelihood. If you care about exactly. people's families and and not talking about that, cutting off a reporter from access to a program makes it really hard to do your job. And I promise you, he gets paid far less than all of the assistants that you're going to fire this off season. Yeah, and and of course, Oklahoma State fans. I was thinking like he cares about their families, but he's going to fire them. Yeah. Of course. Uh, it, Oklahoma State fans defending it because everybody's got to defend their coach uh, all the time. Exactly. But the, nothing, I, I say nothing, very few things irk me more than a multi-million dollar football coach that gets so bent out of shape because a reporter asked him a softball question. It was a very softball. Yeah. It wasn't... Coach, the offense struggled. Are you thinking about making changes with Coach X on the offensive line? Didn't do that. It was, yeah, you know, Coach, mm-hmm. with the portal, you know, these kind of things happen much faster. Do you anticipate making any staff changes this offseason? That was the question. From a guy... Literally every coach that doesn't have a great finish to their season is going to be asked that question. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I assume, depending on how many were able to get there, Lane Kiffin will be asked about that after the game tonight. Yeah. He should be. Yeah. And, and guess what he's yeah. going to say? Uh, we haven't really thought about that yet. We're evaluating every day. Yeah. And, and well, we'll, we'll talk about it you know, in the coming weeks and things like that. Because the report... I hope... Now, hold on. Wait. Kiffin might not be the best example of how to deal with the local media. That may not... We may need to, we may need to use a different example. True. True. But he should be asked about it. He should be asked about it. And he should answer it. He should non-answer it. You know, obviously, you know, when when your football program, you know, you're always looking to improve. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that takes us. But that's not a decision we're going to make tonight. And we'll we'll figure it out and take it down the road and so on and so forth. Plenty of ways to answer that without. And and, and the best way to not answer it was the way uh, that Mike Gundy did. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and it's not like SEC jobs are, are super critical, you know? I mean, they, they really don't have it all that tough. That guy couldn't handle the SEC, though. He couldn't handle it. No. If, if that bothers no, Tennessee him, Tennessee and everybody who's... Yeah, as, as, yeah. So yeah. It's, when, when that commercial says it means more and people joke about that, there's, there's a reason, though, that that was the... The punchline, if you will. So, anyway, I just I thought it was 
knowing what I know about reporters, that guy makes less than 10% of what Mike Gundy gets. Come on, man. Oh, it's it's less than that, probably. It's much less than that. Probably it's, it's 5%. Like maybe of... 3 to 4 to 5%. Yeah. But Gundy's going to go attack him and talk about, I'm going to take your, your credentials. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Give uh, give me a break. Dwayne and Brandon, by the way, thanks for listening, Dwayne. I assume that you are uh, on the app, so thank you. Watching LSU win the 2017 SEC Championship against Arkansas and Hoover after blowing out all the other teams. His most impressive individual performance. They only beat Arkansas 4-2. Uh, to two. He was getting worried. Okay. That was a good LSU team. Ended up losing the national title to uh, Florida that year. That's a shame. Are they going to buy one this not, year? I have been told that, and you know, again, this is just what you t- you're told, and this is just what you hear that LSU has put a couple of mil in the NIL for baseball. That they are basically tired of the rest of the SEC has gotten ahead of them, and they're, they're just kind of done with that, and they're going to do everything. I mean, I, I know I was I was told again, just told that the player Paul Skeens they got from Air Force, that State felt really good about him coming to Starkville, and basically LSU offered him a godfather offer. And was, he's like, I, I can't not take this. A ridiculous number. I mean, you know, we care about baseball here, but my gosh, investing like that in baseball, it's... Well, it, you can do it if you're LSU, and you know that you're still going to have 15, 20, 25 million for football anyway. Right, you can say, okay, we can put, we can divert a couple mil to baseball, so that we can get back to winning national championships. You can do that when you're LSU, when you're Alabama, yeah. when you're when you're, you're uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State can't do that because they're not going to get the twenty five, thirty, forty million dollar funds. They have to be they have to be more common sense with their approach. I wonder if uh, Scott Woodward. I would love to have known what he thought about. Big-timing Mike Bianco, which is kind of what he did, right? I mean, it leaked that Bianco interviewed and all that. That whole situation, remember, just to watch mm-hmm. Bianco, not offer him the job and then watch him win a national championship immediately Win a thereafter. national championship. Yeah. That's sometimes, you know, I mean, sometimes karma's a real thing. Sometimes it is. Mike kind of got done dirty you know, you, there. And not only that, but, you know, it, it turned a lot of his own fan base against him. Yeah. You know, so like he was getting it from all sides there. He feels like his alma mater did him wrong. Then his fan base feels like they've he did them wrong and he couldn't win. So what did he do? He shut everybody up. He won a national championship. Uh, that's that's a pretty good move, you know. That's sort of like, you know, in Major League. We're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. It's a kind of boss status, but. Yeah, yeah, it kind of did him dirty, man. None of that had to leak. None of that had to yeah. get out. And, and you did it to send a message, and then Mike kind of pulled a boss move. And Anyway, Ole Miss up by <laughs> three here late in the— It's a the, back-and-forth game here. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Tennessee stretched it all the way out to seven, and Jamin Brakefield, not a particularly good three-point shooter, has made a couple here. Um, in almost consecutive possessions to keep Ole Miss in it, and they will be at the free throw line. So an opportunity for them to get some momentum back. We'll see if they can actually do it. One more segment with you on this busy and interrupted Wednesday afternoon. It is Sports Talk Mississippi. 
I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. You got a bowl game tonight with Ole Miss and Houston. State basketball tonight. Bowl games going on. Arkansas still blowing out Kansas. Yeah, still twenty four seven, and Arkansas Ooh. has the ball. Ooh, yikes! So, a lot going on today. We appreciate you guys uh, being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studio. One more segment with you right after this. After I get- After I get to the bottom of this, yeah. Getting down to the bottom, yeah. Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you one more time on this Wednesday afternoon. 31 to 7 in the Liberty Bowl right now. Had a friend text Ooh. me and said, This clearly means that the SEC is better than the Big 12. Therefore, Ole Miss is going to win by a similar score tonight. Don't know if it works I mean, exactly not, like that, but. I'm not going to be totally surprised, though. I mean, Arkansas is just eating this team alive at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And that's, that's, that's the difference. And Ole Miss is a team, I don't know about defensively, but offensively, they can certainly do that to Texas Tech. And you'll see it, too, in State's bowl game. Look, SEC teams mm-hmm. lose bowl games. Missouri lost. Florida lost. It happens. Okay? The, the teams are close. But you'll see it in Tampa. Even if Illinois wins the game, the better athletes are on the side wearing maroon and white. You'll see right. it. You saw it when Ole Miss played Indiana in the Outback Bowl, that same stadium a couple years ago. It was a close game. But one team was significantly more athletic than the other. There's a reason for that. Yep. No question about it. And we'll we'll, say we're seeing it. We're definitely seeing it. I mean, people forget with Arkansas, they were a top 10 team. And if they didn't make, you know, if Katie Jefferson doesn't make a terrible decision, or if a field goal doesn't doink in a way that field goals don't usually doink, they're still undefeated when they play Alabama. Who knows what their season looks like? You know, KJ Jefferson was hurt a good chunk of the year. I mean, it's a decent football team. You know, they, they just had some bad games. They're certainly talented. Yeah, things uh, things happen. So I saw you did a was it a radio show or a podcast interview with the Illinois people. What do they think? Like, what's their perspective on this game? They have a lot of questions because they have so many opt outs. I mean, they're they're leading rushers out. Really, and I think three, yeah, Chase Brown, he he opted out, and oh. uh, I think I think three quarters of their starting secondary has opted out, including both cornerbacks. So here you and and you don't they don't see this kind of offense up there, right? Purdue is the only team in the Big Ten that runs anything similar to what Mississippi State does. So they have a lot of, and of course, their defensive coordinator is now the head coach at Purdue, and he's gone. So. They're missing a lot of key players. Um, 
But oh, you know, Mississippi State is kind of the same thing, not missing the players as much, but you're going in there with a first-time head coach and a first-time offensive coordinator. That's why, and, and of course, you have, you know, not to be uh, morbid or anything, but the specter of Mike Leach hanging over everything here. Yeah. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to show up. Is State going to be charged up and ready to play for Mike Leach, or are they going to be emotionally hungover and exhausted? You know, I told Robbie, and you'll hear it on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning, I think you'll know within like the first ten plays of this game what's going to happen. If State's out there flying around and 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 into the game and fired up, they're, they're probably going to win. If they look like they're going through the motions, then I think the emotion of the uh, the situation has been too much for them. Yeah. I think I think the motive I think they're motivated though. I think they'll show up ready to play. Feels like it. I did not realize that Illinois was, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, obviously, the last time that you guys listening will hear from us before that game. Uh, mm. I did not realize that they were that down bad in terms of starters. That That is crazy. A ton of guys. A ton of guys. And State Ooh. is, what happened? Big hit in the Liberty Bowl. Oh. Big hit. Not, not illegal, though. Got him in the chest. So Forearm to the chest. He's fine. State is out. Thomas. The other Thomas is coming back, right? Wide receiver Xavion. Uh, it, it looks like it looks like he's coming back. That hasn't been made official yet. I know he's moved back to Starkville. So he moved out. And yeah, why would back? you move back? Yeah, well, he, he went away for. He actually went overseas for a trip with his family. They went to Japan, which is cool. Nice. Um, but he's back in Starkville now, so I can't imagine why you would come back not to uh, not to come back and play. So we'll see what happens. That's cool. So they're, they're out. You know, Ra Ra's out. Dylan Johnson's out. Everybody else, including to my knowledge, Emmanuel Forbes is going to play. That's really cool. You love to see that. And it's similar thing, albeit different circumstances, of course, happening in Oxford. Even the portal guys are playing. Uh, Braylon Brown, who some people think might pull yeah. his name out of the portal, he's there. Luke Altmyer's there. Uh, Breedlove pulled his name out of the portal. That was something else they asked me about. By the way, they were like, "Hey, do you know anything about Luke Altmyer?" And I was like. Yeah, I can talk yeah. about Luke and because they they always one of the places that he, that he might be uh, ending up, and I was like, I think he could be plenty successful at Illinois. I had somebody tell me that there's a chance he returns, and I have no it's idea not, I mean, what to it, make of that. There's a chance, obviously, he might just like it at Ole Miss. He might have a girlfriend there. He might just want to go ahead and get his degree. I don't know, but if he wants to play, he's going to leave. Yeah, for sure. Simple as that. We will talk about all this tomorrow. After Ole Miss plays Texas Tech, Mississippi State plays Alabama, and whatever else comes up between now and then. For Richard Cross, who's in Houston, and Brian Haydad, I'm Michael Borky. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow at 3. Y'all have a good one.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.